Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode number 90. That was the first time that we've introduced it as the Couch Guys Sports Podcast since making the big move last week. Hey, hey, baby! R.I.P. to the Loose Change Podcast, R.I.P. to uh, 9-11 Conspiracy Theories on iTunes, no longer matched with us. Now we are just the Couch Guy Sports Podcast, and I like it so much better. Every time every time I see our new logo on Twitter, when I'm posting a video because I run most of our social media, whenever I see our new logo on Twitter, I love it. It is so it is, it is. So much better, like we said last week, than our than our CD cover our with CD the cover from like the 80s. audio, <laughs> <laughs> with our explicit audio tag in the bottom corner. Hey, yeah. we were very proud of that at the beginning, my friend. Very proud. Yeah, we were. We were. Our standards. That's how, that's how you can tell we've gotten a lot better since we started because we our up. standards have gone up a ton, a thousand percent. But yeah, this show tonight we have Adam Jones of ninety eight five the Sports Hub. Great interview. Great interview. Listen, if you want to catch the, if you want to like, if you want to stay awake and lively at night when you're listening to the radio in Boston, Adam Jones, he knows how to hook you. He knows how to make you angry with some of his takes. He is like I, like I said in the, like I said in the intro of the interview, one of the most positive people you can ever hear on radio, mm-hmm. which is the biggest lie. Because that him and we uh, past guests too on the show, Jim Murray, they are the kings of negativity. And having those two on Felger and Mass together, it was like it was like driving home with a rain cloud over your car the entire way. Yeah, it's literally like everybody else is sunny and that little rain cloud is just following you across the highway. <laughs> yeah, no, they're great, though. They're, they're great together because they're both really good individually. So them together was just a nightmare. And honestly, I like I like them and Arcan together, too. It was a great interview. So if you want to just fast forward and listen to that, by all means, go ahead. Yeah, at the, uh, so Adam Jones, 98.5, we got that interview in here. And uh, let's start it off with this. Before we hit the weekly dump, New Year's Eve, what'd you do? New Year's Eve? Oh, I, we went over to a friend of ours hung out. I did not go out out by any means. I was in sweats and playing Smash Brothers and drinking champagne. What What other night were you drinking this past weekend? Oh, in Portsmouth? I was out yes. on in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, for those of you outside of the area listening. Uh, I was out in did New you, Hampshire. Did you see that? Did you see the Snapchat I screenshotted? No. <laughs> you you sent me a snapchat it looked like you've been drinking for a month I did? <laughs> i'm showing oh. jared the picture oh, right that now that was good i forgot about that <laughs> that picture was so and i opened that i opened that up i think at like 2 a.m it was late and i was groggy i opened up my eyes i see a snapchat from jared i open it up and it looks like Jared's been drinking away his problems for a month straight. I didn't know that picture existed, so. <laughs> but yeah, hey, so so New Year's Eve for me. Thanks for asking. I spent it. I at didn't Patriots, care. <laughs> I, spent, <laughs> I spent it at Patriots Place with my girlfriend, a bunch of other friends. Shout out to me. I have a wow, girlfriend. Chicka, wow, wow. I have a wife. And, so I mean, I win. And listen, so we went to Bar Louie. I'm on I'm on a kick right now, Jared, with tequila. Gag me. It's and it's not good tequila, it's Jose Cuervo. Ew, why? That's not even, that's, I that's like the bottom know. bottom of the bottom shelf of tequila. Dude, te- tequila drunk right now has been the absolute best. I don't know what it is, but I have been obsessed with tequila. So within like an hour span, 
I drank a ton before we went out to the actual bar because I didn't want to spend a bunch of money. We went to Bar Louie. I drank a ton of tequila in an hour. And it was it was fine. We got to the bar. I was fine. I was hanging out, having some nachos. 11 o'clock hit me. You ever been hit by a bus before, Jared? No. Felt like I was hit by a bus. Have you been hit by a bus before, Nick? Every I was that night. Everything that I drank came at me at one time. It was an unbelievable feeling. It was like I've never been involved in an earth or in an earthquake. It's what I would imagine an earthquake felt like. Well, that's like how it feels when you take like like gummies. Like it just hits you at once. Like it's just like oh fuck. It was what just happened. It, Where am I? It, Where are the brownies? It was wild. But yeah, New, Year, New Year's Eve this year, bomb. I woke up at three. I ate so much pizza before I went to bed that. I, I wasn't full when I went to bed because I was probably too intoxicated to notice. But at like pizza? 3 a.m. What kind of pizza? Domino's. 3 a.m. when I woke up, it felt like I was going to explode. Was it like it's cheese what, pizza, though? It's what like, I did you... being pregnant felt like. You don't know what being pregnant feels like. Oh, it's what I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> was it like a sausage pizza? Was it cheese? Were you bored? It was just cheese. Oh, it was you... cheese, but shout out to my friends for ordering the pizza because they also ordered a third pizza that we could eat when we got back when we were drunk and we would want, inevitably want pizza. And did you? You did. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Slide over. Weekly dump. Pew, 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 pew. Tell me. Did... Is is it Bevo or Bevo? I'm not a college football guy. I think it's Bevo, but I really don't know. The okay, the the Texas Longhorn mascot charged the UGA Bulldog before the Sugar Bowl, and Texas ended up taking the Bulldogs down twenty eight to twenty one. Josh McDaniels is set to interview with the Green Bay Packers, which we talk about with Adam Jones. The Cincinnati Bengals have also requested an interview with McDaniels. Mike McCarthy is set to interview with the New York Jets and Browns. Straight up. I think Mike McCarthy and Sam Darnold would be a perfect match. I think he would be a lot better with Sam Darnold than he would with like Baker Mayfield. I do too. I think Sam Darnold's the kind of guy that would mold well with uh, Mike McCarthy. But if you're the if you're the Patriots, you almost want McCarthy to go to the Jets because that's all he'd be good for. Being on the Jets, yeah. He'd, no, he'd, I think he'd, I think he would work well in New York. I think he would work well with Sam Darnold. Eh. I think a, Sam Darnold's the only thing that he has back. going for him. A young quarterback that he can mold, I think the Jets and Mike McCarthy would work well. They'd have to build the rest of the team around Sam Darnold because right now the team is a dumpster fire. Which they should but, be doing anyway. Regardless yeah, of the coach, should be Sam Darnold's anyway. your guy. No, exactly, which they should be doing anyway. But I, 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 think my, I think Mike McCarthy fits well within New York. Black Monday hit, a million coaches were fired. Todd Goals, Todd Goals, Todd Bowles, Vance, Todd Joseph, Goals, Broncos. Hey. Marv Lewis is stepping down. Please. He got his ass <laughs> can. The Bengals are finally like, listen, we have to get rid of you. Uh, Adam Gase to, uh, from the Dolphins, Steve Wilkes, Cardinals, uh, which is the one I don't agree with. You gave the guy a rookie quarterback, a bum team, and then you fire the guy. because oh, I don't mind that because the quarterback didn't get any better, and the defense of a guy who's a defensive-minded coach sucked. Like They made the wrong they decision. Have, they had no talent. Okay, the Cardinals stuck. They shouldn't have been Cardinals that bad. Cardinals had no talent. They shouldn't have been that bad. I have no problem with that firing. They should, I got to at least give the second season. Yeah. At least. I'd rather the Lions keep Patricia over that guy staying with the Cardinals. Like, that's... Tomlin deserves to lose his job more than he does. 
And lastly, Dirk Coder. I think that's who you pronounce his name. The Bucks, the most irrelevant team in football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their head coach. Uh, Antonio Brown drama is wild, reportedly very unhappy with the team, and also reportedly requested a trade per Jason Lock and Fora. Coach Mike Tomlin says they haven't received a formal trade request from Brown. He said that in today's Wednesday's press conference. The national championship is set between Alabama and Clemson once again. Alabama put up numbers on Oklahoma by a final score of 45-34, to and Clemson massacred Notre Dame 30-3. to And finally, Louis C.K. can't shut his mouth, tells more stupid bad jokes, backfires on him, telling jokes about school shootings. What are you doing? Disgusting. What are you doing? And like Louis C.K., he's a, he's a comedian I loved before, but he's just making such dumb. There's got to be something wrong with him. There's got to be. Yeah, I don't know because that's just not something that I would have ever guessed he would cross the line there. That's, and I love Louis C.K.'s content, but that's just not okay. He's like he's he's always been a guy crossing the line, but not that far. Like that's there's there's certain things to stay away from. It's school shootings you absolutely stay away from. Oh, a thousand percent. It's like not even it's not even a question. It it's even like come off the tip of your tongue. It shouldn't even almost be off the tip of your tongue. Shouldn't it even, should yeah, be, shouldn't even think about it. Like no, you should God, no. like just a few things that you should never do. Joke about school shootings. White people dress in blackface. That's mm-hmm. two things you should never do. Right there. But for some reason we got these morons who think that it's okay to do these things. Mm-hmm. But it's not. That's, all right, right here, we are going to roll into the Adam Jones interview, 98.5 The Sports <laughs> Up. Adam Jones, great guest, great conversation. We talked about the Patriots in the postseason, and we talked about the Celtics. Uh, my main question, why do the Celtics seem like they have absolutely no backbone? Once again, here is Adam Jones, 98.5 The Sports Up. Welcome into the show. Actually, you know, before I give his name, I want to give him a little introduction. Some people say that he is the happiest guy on Boston Sports Talk Radio. One of his biggest knocks on Boston Sports Talk Radio is that he is one of the most optimistic people there is, and sometimes you need negativity. He just doesn't bring the negativity to Boston Sports Radio. His name is Adam Jones of 98.5 The Sports Hub. Adam, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on. Of course, of course. I like I, I like the intro. I'd say that's fairly accurate. Yeah, I mean, when I when I think about Adam Jones... I think of all the positivity, all the optimism. It's you, you and Jim Murray both. You guys are the two yeah. optimists of the city. We really are. We, uh, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, usually we kind of pick each other up. Like, you know, he'll say something positive. I'll say something a little more positive. We kind of just, uh, you know, we both kind of raise each other up a little bit. Yeah, you two, you two filling in on Felger and Maz a couple weeks ago. That was, that was nothing but pure positivity. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a it was a strong week. I would say it was a, it was a strong week. It was good. It was good to work with Jim. I, I don't get to work with Jim a lot, so that was a, that was a fun thing to do. Yeah, you guys, you guys. I mean, maybe it's because you both. Uh, you know, if people if people don't actually listen to sports talk radio, this is all this is all just a lie. You guys, you and Jim together, are almost like a perfect match because I don't think that there's anybody else who can really match what you guys bring to the table when it comes to just what. You know, I don't. I don't want to say hoping teams do poorly or players do poorly, but I think <laughs> they, you get they a little thrive off it. it. They thrive off it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. That's nice. That's a, that's a nice compliment. I'll, I'll put that like you know, like you get a you get like a new a new book, a new novel. It's got like a book review on there. All I, I'd put that right on any book of uh, about me. That'd be great. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, thanks for coming on tonight. We've uh, we've wanted to get you on for a while, so this is nice. I want to get your take on the Patriots going to the playoffs because they uh, they're a confusing team to me. They're a very confusing team to me. 
So they finished the season 11 and five. One, something that you keep hearing when this team is brought up is that they're, it's like, it's like people are trying to find a reason to be optimistic about these guys going to the playoffs. They're 11 and five. The only team in the NFL that went undefeated at home. Now, if the playoffs were to end up somehow going through Gillette Stadium, do you th- if if the Chiefs lose in the divisional round, do you think that that undefeated at home record has is going to affect anything at all through this postseason? Like, do you think that matters at all, or do you think that eight no record at home is just kind of obsolete? I mean, I, I I expect them to get picked off somewhere, and so the way I've been saying it, whether they're home or away, and I, I'd like their chances better. If you told me Kansas City gets knocked off by, I don't know whomever by Indy by San Diego slash LA. Um, I guess they could get Baltimore, right? I mean, if any of those teams pick them off and they have lost to, to the Chargers and they almost lost to Baltimore, um, I'd like the Patriots' chances better. But the way I've been saying it is I can see the Patriots beating any team in the AFC. And I think a lot of people acknowledge that. They could beat the Chiefs on their best day. They have. They could beat the Chargers, the Ravens. They, they've beaten the Colts. They've beaten the Texans. So, I think they could beat any of those teams, and they have beaten some of them. I don't think they can do it in succession. I don't think they're good enough to string together two to get out of the AFC or three wins to win the whole thing. I just I don't think they're good enough to do that. I don't think they've been consistent enough to do that, and I don't think it matters where the game is. I don't think it matters if it's in Foxborough where, yeah, they're undefeated. They're 8-0. A lot of people will tell you that. Fewer will tell you that in 2009 they were also 8-0, and it didn't matter at all against the Ravens when Ray Rice ran for 80 yards and a touchdown to start the game off. And Joe Flacco couldn't even throw in that game. And the Patriots were getting blown out after Brady was getting strip sacked and turning it over. And, you know, that team was 8-0 at home. But I think the more telling thing about that team is they were 2-6 and on the road. And they weren't mentally tough. And they weren't very good on top of it. Teams that can win at home but not on the road tend to be not good. They tend to be mentally weak. And I think that's, that's part of the issue for this Patriots team. So could they win a one-off against anyone? Sure. But I don't think they can string together wins to get all the way to a Super Bowl, never mind win it. Jones, talk about the Ravens for a second, because I think a lot of people are expecting the Colts to knock off the Texans just because of the way the Colts have been playing. So, Wait, so, so do, do a lot of people, because I, I actually think that, but I, I guess I, I didn't realize the, the commentary out there. I think, I think if the Texans, not to, not to jump in on what you were about to ask about Baltimore, but yeah. I, I think the Texans have no chance against New England, right? <laughs> I think the other oh, teams do. Yeah. But 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 if the you know, if the Colts beat Houston, I guess my roundabout thing is what I was going to say and I give the Colts a good chance to beat Houston, then they're going to be getting the Chargers or, or Baltimore who you were about to ask about. Yeah, and I mean honestly, I think the Texans have no shot and that's who Patriots fans better root for because <laughs> if they somehow beat the Colts, then you're going to go to the AFC totally. game 100%. Um yes. but if so, you, so I think that too, yeah. Yeah, and for the Ravens side of things, like do you actually believe in that team? Like a lot of people are scared of the Ravens, I think because of the history, but Flacco's not playing. It's it's a rookie quarterback who would have to come into legit Gillette Stadium and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. And I understand that's some nostalgia and the question about the history of the Patriots. But like, do you think that rookie quarterback can come in here and beat the Patriots on the road? Okay, so I think Baltimore has a real chance because I think both Baltimore and the Chargers play defense. And the 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 thing I was most impressive with uh, impressed with with the Chargers beating Kansas City was not Phillip Rivers in the comeback or the two-point conversion or any of that stuff. It was that the Chargers were playing. The Chargers made the Chiefs work that whole game. Even even on their first two drives when the Chiefs were moving it down the field, the Chargers made them work. So I think they can really play defense. I don't love Phillip Rivers. I don't trust him. 
And I think a lot more people acknowledge that Baltimore plays defense. You know, they're, they're, they're one of the top-rated defenses in the NFL, the top, depending on which metrics you follow. So I think if you play defense, you're going to have a chance against this Patriots team. And I think because the Patriots aren't good on defense, and I think when they have good defensive games, they play off the offense a little bit, right? The offense plays keep away. The offense gets in front and lets them pin their ears back a little bit, like we saw last weekend against the Jets, lets them play aggressively, makes the other team one-dimensional. I think because the Patriots aren't very good defensively, if you can limit the offense, which I think both the Chargers and Ravens can do, then I think anyone can, can score points against the Patriots, whether it's Lamar Jackson in that offense, and we've seen quarterbacks run wild on the pass, including Trubisky. Uh, they did a good job against Josh Allen a couple of weeks ago, so maybe they've tightened things up, but I've seen quarterbacks run on them. What do you, who do you think actually has a better chance of showing up? Because the defense and the offense all season long – has just been so inconsistent. It's one of them shows up one week, the other one doesn't show up. Who do you think has a better chance, and who do you think needs to show up more so in the postseason, the defense or the offense? Because like I said, they have been so inconsistent. It's so tough to tell who's actually going to be showing up to play. Yeah, I, I my answer to both of those would be offense. I think the offense is more likely to show up, and I think the offense is the one that needs to show up. Now, now it doesn't mean they will. I mean, I, I don't think it's a guarantee they show up or anything, but... I think they're more likely to show up because even even with the way Brady's played this year, and he, he to me, looks 41. I mean, he certainly doesn't have the same weapons that he's had in past years, but I think the weapons are pretty good. I don't, I don't give him any more leeway with the injury excuse, especially after the Jets game uh, last weekend. So yep. I think even with acknowledging all those things, Brady can still show up and, and, and you know, put – 24 to 28 points on the board. I don't feel great about the defense limiting anyone. I really don't. So I think the more likely to show up is the offense. And I think the team that needs to show up is the offense. I think that's how you win in 2018, or I guess now 2019 in the NFL. I mean, look at the league points have exploded. Quarterback play is up. Yards are up. Big plays are up. I think to win in today's NFL, the offense needs to show up. So that would be my answer to both. So, if you need the offense to show up, how big of a loss is Josh Gordon to this offense? Because no one really believes that this offense is fixed based off what they did the last couple weeks against the Bills and the Jets. But what does Josh Gordon's loss mean to the flow of the offense and being able to outscore, say, the Chiefs or the Saints in a possible Super Bowl, whatever it may be? I think it's significant. You know, and I I think Gordon getting suspended was, on the one hand, predictable, but I still would have done that deal if I were the Patriots. Uh, it didn't work out, but I 100% would have done that deal. I think he was you know, worth the risk. I just would acknowledge that there was a, a sizable amount of risk in that deal, and it came back to bite the Patriots, and I think it's not just losing Gordon. I think that had an impact on their locker room as well, and, and we'll see if that's an issue in the postseason. But, yeah, I think losing Gordon is significant for the offense because it's one more guy that defenses don't have to worry about. Or, or one less guy to worry about, maybe would be the better way to phrase it. Like, you already don't have to worry as much about Gronk. Edelman is kind of the guy now. It's kind of, If you can take away Julian Edelman, which is easier said than done, but he's not exactly the same guy from two or three years ago either. If you can take away Edelman, who, who else is going to beat you on offense? I mean, Sonny Michelle has had his games. Gronk has had his games. Who, who, who else? So I just think when it was Josh Gordon out there, it was another person that, even if you didn't have to game plan to take him away, it was another threat. And the fact that they don't have that now, I think, makes the offense uh, maybe not more, more one-dimensional, but just easier to control, easier to easier to kind of uh, maintain and keep down. 
you know, you, you brought up Brady's potential rumored injury. Do you not buy that there's any injury in that knee? Because we, we've seen it all year. I mean, he, he quote unquote fell to the ground, was fixing his, he says, knee brace. Do you not think there's any injury going on there? And do you think that's just kind of a sad I, I excuse for I don't think there's an injury. I, I don't think there's an injury. And now maybe we're parsing words, but I, I think there's probably something going on in his knee. Sure. I mean, he probably doesn't feel 100%, but he's not on the injury report. And I just, I, I'd like to think that a player as high profile as Tom Brady and a team like the Patriots who are under the watchful eye of the NFL for doing anything out of line, I don't think they're going to screw around with the injury report with that player. I don't think. So he's not even on the injury report, one. He has been in past weeks. He's not now. So that's the, the number one thing. And two, uh, guys play with, with, you know, dings and dents all the time. Guys are hurt. It's all the, the time and play through mm-hmm. it. Nick Foles, Nick, yeah, exactly. Nick Foles right now might have broken ribs, and he's going to play through it. <laughs> Philip Rivers played on a torn ACL in the AFC title game. Brady's played with broken ribs. Brady's played with separated shoulders. So, like, I don't give Brady the excuse, I guess is what I would say. Is he 100%? Probably not. Is he feeling great every day when he wakes up or every time he takes the field? Probably not. But he's not injured. I mean, I think it's clear he's not injured. He was moving very well against the Jets, and – I think to kind of play this game where when he doesn't play well, he's hurt, but when he plays well, you don't worry about it. I I just think that's disingenuous. Like to me, you either give him the excuse or you don't. And I I wouldn't give the excuse to Nick Foles. I wouldn't have given it to Phillip Rivers. I didn't used to give it to Brady. So I'm not going to give it to him now. Looking at this team the whole year, you know, there really aren't too many guys to like say, you know, those are the marquee guys. And I know tonight on the way home from the office, I was listening to you guys, you and Arkan talk about James White and what he brings to this team and just kind of how like it's yeah. not much to hang your hat on. Talk about James White because I, I feel like even as much as he's not a marquee guy, you need him to be what he can be 100% of the time if you have any chance of winning back-to-back games against any of these teams. Well, well, sure. I, I agree with that. What I was talking about on the radio is that if James White is one of your building blocks going forward in like future years, yep. that's that tells you a lot about your roster, right? If he, it's a, it's a passing back that, that tells you a lot about where you're at, but for this year's team in a playoff run this year, hundred percent. Yeah. He's, he's a huge player for this team. And one thing that I did like from the jets game, there wasn't a ton, but one thing I did like from the jets game that I thought you could actually take away from it was his involvement and that they got him back involved. There have been rumors that he wasn't a hundred percent. There had been some speculation that, defenses have started to take him away and against the jets who look, we're totally checked out and we're a bad team on top of it. They're getting a top five draft pick. They fired their coach that night. They had guys kind of similar to Antonio Brown, not showing up to meetings. Tremaine Johnson, who was a healthy scratch for that game. So I don't know if the jets are the greatest gauge in the world, but I was encouraged that James white showed up for that game. And I'd agree. He's a big player for them in the postseason. I think Teams like Baltimore and teams like San Diego are more equipped to take him away. I'm not sure Houston can. In fact, the Patriots have given Houston fits with running backs out of the backfield over the last couple of years when they've played them. All right, moving away from the playoffs just for a quick second, I want to get your take on Josh McDaniels because he's set to have an interview with the Green Bay Packers. We know that's an open, hot, vacant head coaching spot, uh, obviously with Aaron Rodgers there. Do you? Well, well, that's, that's another story, but... Do you think that, A, the Packers are kind of dumb for going after a guy who screwed the Indianapolis Colts last year? And, B, do you think that Josh McDaniels actually goes? And I guess, C, for a little quick answer, do you think he's actually going to be successful if he goes out to be a head coach again? Okay, so the answer to the last one is definitely no. Um, (laughs) The answer to, uh, I'll lump in the first two into one. I, I 
I wouldn't go near any Bill Belichick assistants. I wouldn't go for anyone from the Bill Belichick coaching yeah. tree. I don't understand why people keep doing it. No I wouldn't go after McDaniels. I wouldn't go after Flores. I, I, I would, and it has nothing to do with the Indianapolis thing, though. If you want to add on top of it, fine, go for it. He did spurn the Colts, and he did you know, really screw over guys like Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator there, who got stuck in a contract and working for a coach that he wasn't sure who it was going to be, and it ended up working out. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm not saying to take that completely off the table that if I were hiring him, it'd be a consideration. I just, I would, I'd cross everyone who works for Belichick right off my list. Who's gone on to be successful? And my, my guess is the answer would be Bill O'Brien. He's four games over 500 and he's won one playoff game in four years. His team just won double digit games for the first time this year. And they needed a nine game winning streak to do it, which if you go back and look at some of the games, including against Indianapolis earlier this year, when they went for it for a dumb fourth down, that nine-game winning streak is kind of fluky. So if you want to say O'Brien, I'd say fine. I'd say he's an okay coach. He's not great. He's nothing special. He's won one playoff game in four years, and that came against Oakland's third-string quarterback at home three years ago. So uh, if you want to say him, fine. Maybe Bill O'Brien. Maybe I'd give you O'Brien. Everyone else has been a disaster, a disaster, including the guy who just got hired last year, Matt Patricia. So I I would go near none of these assistants, no one from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, and that's before you factor in the McDaniels thing in Indianapolis last year. Jones, can you even answer why then Brian Flores is getting any attention? Because he's getting multiple interview requests, technically didn't even get the defensive coordinator title. Everyone just kind of gave it to him outside of the Patriots organization. Why is he getting more interviews, I guess, than Josh McDaniels really is? That that makes no No, sense to me. What what is he doing? so uh, I, I again, I wouldn't hire him either. He's done nothing. He hasn't even been a defensive coordinator in title, though he's the play caller on defense this year, if that means anything. He got an interview last year with Arizona. He was supposedly uh, under legit consideration in Arizona, though, given their decision-making and uh, already blowing out Steve Wilkes after one year, I, I don't know if that means much. But, yeah, I, I, I don't get why he's garnering more interest than McDaniels. Maybe it has something to do with Indianapolis last year. Maybe McDaniels is, is putting out, you know, the, the same vibes that he's put out in the past where he's not really going to take anything. Maybe teams are wise to that, you know, like forget backing out of it after you agree. Maybe they just know he kind of goes and he interviews and he gets his name out there in public or whatever it is. And then he goes right back to Bill Belichick. And if he's not the coach in waiting here, maybe he thinks he can wait that out. I, I don't have a good answer for you, but I'm surprised that Brian Flores is getting so much interest because the defense was mediocre at best. It wasn't a good defense, and he wasn't even the coordinator in title. And the last guy who I just referenced who was calling the plays on defense was Matt Patricia. And look how that worked out. And I'm not saying Flores is the same guy personality-wise as, uh, as Patricia. I'm sure he's not. But I just I don't know what any of those guys do. Any, any coach on the roster, I really don't know what they do. It's hard to tell where what Bill Belichick does starts and ends for me. I think Bill has a hand in offensive play calling. I think he has a hand in defensive play calling. I think he has a hand certainly in personnel groupings and things like that within the game, not just making out a roster and drafting and signing players or trading for players, but different personnel groupings, how much they lean on them, how much they use them within a game. I don't know what any of the assistants do, honestly. I think Bill overrules them. I think Bill can overrule them. And so I don't don't think they do a lot here. So when they get out on their own, I think they fail because they're not used to doing the job that other coordinators do. That's why Patricia failed. That's why McDaniels failed the first time. That's why they all failed. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't go near any of them, Flores included. No, I, I'm with you. Like, if you cut open the head of Josh McDaniels and Brian Flores, I am 99% sure that Bill Belichick is standing inside that cranium. 
<laughs> exactly. Like Bill does everything here. So I don't, so if Bill does everything, then those guys do nothing, which is why none of them succeed. Uh, last, last Patriots question before we slide over to the Celtics real quick, just general, how deep do you see this team going in the postseason this year? I know you're not very confident, but how deep, like what round do you see them, I guess, essentially losing in? Okay. So I have been saying since the off season, I think they will bow out before the AFC title game. Okay. But, and this, this is a bit of a cop out. I need to see who they're playing. If it's Houston, they'll be in the AFC championship game, and I will be wrong because they are not losing to the Texans. They won't lose to that team. And, and part of it is I, I don't respect Bill O'Brien as a head coach. On the other side, part of it is they have their number. I, I just Houston will not beat the Patriots. So I, I don't know that I really feel strongly about the Chargers or Ravens beating them either, but I think both those teams have a real chance, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if those teams knock them off. So – I'll, I'll cop out a little bit. I've been saying all year that I think the Patriots don't get to the AFC title game. The way things are lined up, they might, but I, I, they still don't feel like the same sort of team they've been in the past. They don't feel like the same kind of team that has a, a real true championship run in them. They feel completely flawed compared to some Patriots teams from years past. I don't think they can get to a Super Bowl. and, you know, gun to head down. If you're asking me where they get to, I need the final prediction. I guess I'd say AFC title game, but I don't feel great about their chances getting past Baltimore or the Chargers if they get them. The problem is the most likely team they get, they will roll. They will dominate, and that's Houston. Adam Jones, you know what sucks? This is what it feels like to be a real NFL fan, to not know what your team can do in the playoffs. Say it again? This is what it feels like to be a real NFL fan. Oh, yeah, totally. This is this is like you know this is like me growing up. I don't know how old you guys are, but you know in like the the Bledsoe <laughs> Pete Carroll days, it's like eh, that's what it was like. You're like eh, maybe they can do it. They probably won't do it, but maybe they could. You know that's it's we're we're getting if we're not quite back there yet, we're getting there for sure. I'm 24. I was eight years old when they won the first Super Bowl. This is literally all I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all you know. That's all you know. I mean, it's most, for the most part, it's all I know. I don't want to make it sound like I'm some, you know, <laughs> old, wise sage on this, but I remember it a, li- a, li- a little bit before that era, you know? All right, so uh, speaking of teams that we have no idea what they're ever going to do, I want to get your take on the Celtics as of right now, State of the Union on the Celtics. Uh my biggest problem with them, and I want to see what you have to say about this, this team just has no backbone. I have... Never seen a team, especially over the past like five years when they've been rebuilding, like this team was built off of grit. What happened to this team's backbone? Because it seems like they have none. They should have won 0 3 on this recent road trip if it wasn't for coming back down 19 points against Memphis. Like, what is wrong with this Boston Celtics team as we transition over to the Celtics? Yeah. And if it wasn't for Kyrie making a ridiculous shot at the end of regulation against Philly, they should have lost four straight. So, look, I agree with you. They are not resilient. They are not a gritty team. They don't have backbone. Uh, What happened? They they got rid of players with chips on their shoulder. You know, Kyrie Irving is the first pick in the draft. Jason Tatum is the third pick in the draft. Jalen Brown, third pick in the draft. Al Horford, third pick in the draft. Uh, Who am I missing? Gordon Hayward, first-round pick. You know, Marcus Smart, sixth pick in the draft. Marcus Morris, first-round pick. Like, they have a bunch of, you know, relatively – uh, pampered guys who came in with big pedigrees. I think Morris was a McDonald's All-American. Uh, Smart might have been a McDonald's All-American. So, like, we're talking about guys who were good in high school, highly coveted recruits, went to college, high picks in the draft. Like, that. that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about Isaiah Thomas, 60th pick in the draft. We're not talking about, you know, Jay Crowder, 
second round pick. We're not talking about, I mean, Avery Bradley, I guess, was a relatively high pick. We're, we're, we're not talking about those kind of players. You know, we're talking about guys who came in, McDonald's All-American, big pedigree, everything has, if not been handed to them, it's just been comfortable for a long time where they can show up, they're the most talented guys in the room, and it comes easy to them. And for Kyrie, that's still the case. For a lot of these other guys, they have to fall in line behind Kyrie. And that's not easy to do. It was easy when Kyrie was hurt last year. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum could share the load, right? When those guys, and Al Horford, by the way, kind of has that personality, almost to a fault at certain times, but it works in this way where Al Horford's okay deferring. Al Horford deferred at Florida. Al Horford deferred when he was in Atlanta. He defers here. So his personality actually fits in well in this kind of scenario. Tatum and Brown, I'd imagine, deep down in places they don't want to talk about at parties, if you ask them, what do they care about more? I'm sure they care about winning a championship, but what do they care about more? They care about establishing themselves. They care about being all-stars. Mm-hmm. They care about, you know, being a, 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 a... Yeah, exactly. They, they want to establish themselves as they belong as a top-flight player in the league. Kyrie's already done that, and Kyrie's already won a title. Oh, by the way, so his, his goals may be different. He may want to be a movie star. He may want to make albums. Like, I don't really know what's going through Kyrie's head. I don't think anyone does. Terry Rozier, same thing. What's your motivation, Terry Rozier? Wants to get paid, wants to move Pumas. Marcus Morris is a free agent. So, like, I think that's a big issue with this team. Gordon Hayward's trying to prove himself, and he's not, by the way, that he can come back from that injury and reestablish himself. I don't know that there's many guys on this team willing to sacrifice for the good of the team. Maybe now that he's been paid, Marcus Smart, I think Al Horford certainly is one of those guys. By and large, there's a lot of guys out for themselves, and this team is playing like it right now. You mentioned this team, obviously, you know, being selfish, it really is what the word is to describe them all, but Gordon Hayward's getting a lot of time and not doing anything with it. Um, how much of that is affecting these guys' mentalities of why the hell is this guy playing when he can't get a shot in and I'm the one who can produce and, and Gordon Hayward's still getting a majority of the minutes and finishing games? Well, so, okay, so that last part is big to me. I was just about to say, I think it's, I think it's big that he was moved to the bench, and I was not really in favor of them doing it when they did it. I think now that it's happened and Hayward, you know, look at his night the other night, no points and no free throw attempts. Everyone's mentioning no points. He couldn't get to the line because he's basically turned into a jump shooter now. Mm-hmm. He's a, he is a jump shooter, and that, that to me is just, that's not why you brought in Gordon Hayward. That's not, that's not what you brought him in to be. You brought him in to be a guy who could put it on the floor and create some offense, and he's just, he's not that. He's not that. So the fact that he's closing games and he doesn't deserve to, maybe that has guys bristling. You know, Jalen has sat down the stretch uh, in a lot of games. Same thing with Jason Tatum. He sat down the stretch in some of these games. So maybe, maybe that bothers people. Maybe it bothers guys like Rozier. I don't know. I, I'd imagine moving Hayward to the bench softened that blow a little bit. I, I would hope it did. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, think, I think he's a problem on this team, if not because other guys are – kind of chafing at the minutes he's getting he's just he's giving you nothing he's giving you nothing when he's out there he's a shell of himself and I think it's mental I at this point don't think it's physical and I think it's time to stop making excuses you know Paul George by this point was putting up monster numbers coming back from the same injury his was brutal his was gruesome and he came back and by his second month back I think the month of November he was averaging 30 points a game that year that's nothing like Gordon Hayward so I don't know if it's a problem in the locker room. I'm not in there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. I'm just telling you I don't know. I think the bigger issue is you're getting nothing or next to nothing out of him on the floor, save for one game earlier this year in Minnesota. All right, last question, and then we'll let you go. This is this is what we have to ask every guest because it's a it's a it's a hot battle between me and Jared. Would you give up? I know I know about the Derrick Rose rule. Would you give up Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis? Yes. 
Yes, I would. That, that, what I, what I, what I knew I, that was his answer. What I try to, <laughs> I mean, look, Anthony Davis is a is a special player, and maybe Jason Tatum's a special talent. I like him a lot. I try like hell to make any other deal without involving Jason Tatum. But assuming I exhausted every other avenue, Jalen Brown, whose trade value is in the toilet right now, Rozier, Picks, Smart, whatever else. And, and again, I, I understand it's a hypothetical because, like you said, you can't even do it right now with Kyrie Irving. But maybe in the offseason you could. If I exhausted every other avenue, every other avenue, and New Orleans kept saying, no, 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 no. And then we get to the offseason, and it's, okay, fine. Jason Tatum's on the table. If you put Jason Tatum on the table, you get Anthony Davis. If that's the answer, then yeah. Then yeah, I do it. To get a player like Davis, I think you have to do that. And as much as Danny Ainge likes Jason Tatum, as much as he likes, I'm sure, some of the other players on this roster, I think he knows that Anthony Davis is on another plane. And Anthony Davis specifically would be a matchup nightmare for a team like Golden State, uh, although they have their own issues right now. So, yeah, I, I would do it. And I think, I think Danny Ainge would do it if push really came to shove. Oh, yeah. If, if, that's the thing. If anybody in the NBA would do it, it's Danny Ainge. And Anthony Davis is let such me, a freak. Let me turn around a question on you guys. And, and sorry to cut you off there. Would you, would you do Brown and Tatum? I guess no. if you wouldn't even do Tatum, then you wouldn't do both. But would you would you put both in a deal? No, absolutely not. Listen, when when I am making hypothetical trades for teams that I have no involvement in, absolutely, yep. I'm giving up. <laughs> I'm giving up the house. Okay, okay. So you're so you're really because I, I I'm with I'm with Jared on that. I I would not give up both in a deal, but I would give up one or the other. And and if that means Tatum in a deal to get Davis, I would. Anthony Davis is just a, is such a freak to me. It's he's he's somebody that you almost just. If you can get him, to me, if you can get him, it's almost as much as you can possibly go without looking like an idiot. And I don't know if adding Jalen Brown in that package makes you look like an idiot, especially with how he's been tra- playing this year. Yeah, I mean, look, the values now, I said earlier, his values in the toilet, but I still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up both. And I, you know me, I did not love Jalen Brown coming out of the draft. I hated that pick. I was there with everyone at TD Garden, booing Wick right to his face, but. You know, he he proved last year he's certainly a better player than he's than he's playing right now. You know, aside from the San Antonio game the other night, he's he's had a he's had an awful year. But that doesn't mean that I'm just throwing him into a deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Anthony, I just I'm just I just love the guy, and he does it all with one unibrow. That's my favorite joke to make. But he does it with all all with the one <laughs> unibrow. All right, uh, Adam Jones, ninety eight five, the Sports Hub. Catch him weeknights, six p.m. to eleven p.m. and follow him on Twitter at Adam Jones ninety eight five. Adam, thanks for coming on tonight, man. We uh, we hope we can get you back soon. Yeah, of course. No problem, guys. I enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you. Once again, Adam Jones, 98.5 The Sports Hub. Weeknight, 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. And follow him on Twitter at Adam Jones 985 All right. Thank you once again. That was Adam Jones, 98.5 The Sports Hub. You guys already heard 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. Monday through Friday on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Jones 985 all right, first topic of the night, LeBron James calls himself the GOAT. LeBron. <laughs> so, you know, hold on. Before we, before we actually get into it, here's what he actually said. Because the guy, the guy's unbelievable, man. <laughs> he, can't, he can't just, like, shut his mouth for a minute. He can't. He's like Louis C.K. The guy just, he pulls me back in. But here it is. Here's what LeBron said about being the GOAT. I was super, super ecstatic to win one for Cleveland because of the 52-year drought. Like, I was ecstatic. Like, obviously, I showed that the, the first wave of emotion was when y'all, everyone saw me crying. Like, that was all for 52 years of everything in sports going on in Cleveland. 
And then after I stopped, I was like, that one right there made you the greatest player of all time. Excuse me, LeBron? What? Okay. Huh? Okay. LeBron. LeBron? First what? of all, first you of all, you can't you're, deem you're yourself not... the greatest player of all time, LeBron. You can't do it. You're not, you're not winning that championship without Kyrie. Kyrie won him the game. He Kyrie won, him won the him game. You're also not winning another one of your championships without Ray Allen. Or Dwayne Wade, arguably. The guy. When is he won alone? When is he won alone? But that's the okay. So Michael Jordan never really won alone either. Okay, but he Scottie Pippen him. wasn't Dwayne Wade. Scottie Pippen wasn't Kyrie Irving. Talented. No, but he, no, he was very, very good. Yeah, but, but he, no, he, he was does, clearly a next but, step down from MJ. But I'm with you. But LeBron always does this thing where for he'll go on a streak of just good guy things, like opening up a school, being a good guy, seeming like a good father. Mm-hmm. And you really think about it, you're like, okay, this guy, why do I hate him so much? Because he and mic'd he, himself he up to go talk to his kid. Because he mic'd himself up to go talk to his kid. Told the camera guy, hey, I got a mic on. Just just watch what I'm about to do. And made it look like a genuine moment between him and his son. That's the crap that we all hate about LeBron. Like, don't just stage you being a good father. Just be a good father. Yeah, but that's that's what I mean. Like, he does these things, though. And regardless of that, like, who knows, who knows what that actually was? Like, you know, that could have been... That could have been like a genuine moment. They happened to ca- no, Nick, stop it. They happened I'm to catch no, a genuine moment. I'm giving him the benefit of the don't, doubt on you, that. Don't, like, don't, why? They happened to catch a genuine moment with him mic'd up and a camera pointing at him when his son came out of the game. That is totally staged yeah, a thousand he, percent. Yeah, did he know that he was mic'd up? Yeah, he probably did. Did okay. he know there was a camera pointing at him at all times? Yes. Yeah, you know, he. but maybe he just wanted to give his, his son some encouraging words after after a tough game. Such bullshit. Not a chance. Being LeBron James' son's got to be tough. You ain't LeBron James Jr., buddy. And we know that guy's a golden boy. I don't even know what this kid's name is. But regardless, regardless, that's he does these things, and then he just, why do I think this guy's a douche? And then he pulls these things out of the air where he's talking about himself being the greatest of all time. You never hear Tom Brady talking about being the greatest of all time. Never. One, you game, never one game at hear. a time. I love playing with my teammates. You know, I just love, I appreciate the game. Did Michael Jordan ever call himself? I don't know. But, like, did Michael Jordan ever call himself the greatest of all time while he was playing? No, but while we, not even, I don't even think afterwards. So here's actually Michael Jordan. I hope this audio is coming through because I'm literally just playing it from my phone. Yeah, it sounds fine. Mic- you're, you're good. Okay. Well, here's Michael Jordan talking, basically being asked the same question. If you care about being called the greatest basketball player ever, does that does that matter? Do you want that? Um, I don't want it in a sense because I think it disrespects Will Chamberlain, uh, Jerry West, you know, all the guys that prior to me, I never had a chance to play against. Indeed. You know, whatever saying I am, I never had the chance to compete against other legends that, that was prior to me. Um, when I hear it, I cringe a little bit because, you know, it's, it's a little bit embarrassing because no one knows, you know. I never had the chance once again to play against those guys. That's how you answer that question, LeBron. Ding, 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 ding. My God, this guy, and like I keep saying, he takes me. He brings me into the LeBron camp, and then he just drops my ass off outside like I'm an orphan. I don't understand what in the world makes you think that you can talk like that. And especially when you're being compared to the guy who went undefeated in the NBA finals, who has six rings. You have three. You've been to eight. 
even if you lost two, you would have as much as he has. That right there, the answer MJ just gave, you just heard it clearly off Nick's phone, is the reason. Exactly. Is it actually coming through nice? It is actually, yeah. It, it's the reason <laughs> why he is the greatest of all time, and so is Tom Brady. Tom Brady answers the question the exact same way. Like, that was Tom Brady answering a question, basically, in front of the media. That's why he's the greatest of all time, because they're humble. Now, MJ has an ego. So does Tom Brady. We all know that. But they don't flaunt it. LeBron walks in with a glass of red wine to a basketball game, flaunts yeah, his like, son. Guys, like, me. I've got me? red wine. You ass clown. You, prick. Like, oh. you, you know that he's carrying red wine into, into the game because he knows that people are going to talk about it. 100%. 100%. That he wants it to be about him. At all times. And that's something like, that's that's like a Tom Brady answer when they say, when they ask him about being the greatest of all time. That's how he usually responds. It's like, hey, I don't really think about that. I'm here to win championships. I'm here to win with my team. All mm-hmm. I care about, all, all I care about is winning. 100%. All right. We talked about this briefly with Adam Jones. Touch on this for a second because really we already talked about it. The Boston Celtics have no backbone. It's just something I want to get off my chest. Jones highlighted it perfectly. This is a team filled with first-round draft picks who have been good their entire lives and don't have a chip on their shoulder, which is where the, the grit's all gone. They've got nobody, nobody – nobody had more to prove than Isaiah Thomas, and that showed every single night. This team plays so soft. This team plays like they have no balls. They have nobody to battle underneath the rim. What are the Celtics going to have to do, Jared, if they're going to win? Take a trade. I'm surprised they haven't yet. Like, they, they will not win with this group. I'm, and it's now 2019. It's the new year. We're more than halfway through the year. This team should be better than they are. And I'm convinced now, more than ever, it's the egos and the guys that need to be attentive. Like, and Jonesy just said in the interview, right? It's the Jalen Browns, the Jason Tatums, who don't really know how to take a step back. Terry Rozier, you're not going to trade Jason Tatum unless it's probably for Anthony Davis, which can't happen, people. Stop that now. The the untou- the untouchables on this team, even as much as I say I would trade Jason Tatum uh, for Anthony Davis, it's Jason Tatum and it's Kyrie Irving. Everybody else, trade them. And everybody they else, but, they won't, but fair, they won't trade Gordon Hayward. They won't. Um, everybody else, they trade. won't. They won't, especially because his value is Crap. low right now, and you're not going to get anything back for what thirty million dollars is really worth. No, it's crap. It's absolutely crap. They- He's not playing to his potential. I think he'll be fine long-term, so I, whatever. Um, Horford would be any kind of deal that you do for a max player like Anthony Davis. But, um, look, this team has no backbone. They have no grit. And all they're doing is playing for themselves in the stat line. And you can see it because most of these games, the offense isn't flowing. There's no team chemistry. It's just, give me the ball and move out of the way. I'm going to score. And that's all they're doing. And it's just been so frustrating to watch. Mm-hmm. Because they should... They should realistically have gone 0-3 on this past road trip. Oh, yeah. they, they, shouldn't should, have they shouldn't have beat Memphis. They were down 19 points to Memphis. They should not have came back in that game. Kyrie went off in that game. The Spurs, they it, the Spurs game, it seems like, from what I could see when I was out on New Year's Eve, it seems like they had control through the game, and then all of a sudden they just fell apart. Yep. They let teams when this. When you used to watch the Celtics a couple years ago, when they were behind, you used to be like, okay, this team can come back. No matter what the score was, they could be down 15 and be like, okay, this team could definitely come back in the fourth. Yeah. With this team, when they're behind, I basically call game. With this team, when they have a lead, I'm like, okay, this the other team, their opponents have a good chance of coming back just because that's what they do. Well, they were a fourth quarter team. That's just what they were. Like They're not anymore. They're not even a first quarter team now. Well, no, because like, think about it. Like When IT was on the team, 
it was what time was it right it was it, it that was the stick was doesn't matter how far behind it and this team will grit it out and give a chance to win in the end i don't feel comfortable with it unless they're up by 15 and they're going to the second half i don't really feel comfortable with this team the way it's structured because they're all going to do is just get the ball and get out the way they need somebody tough underneath the rim i can't stress that enough i'm so tired of watching the team get out rebounded i'm so tired of the team it's teams especially with big men it seems like they can drive on the celtics at will oh a thousand percent they 100%. have no tough guy. They have no LaMarcus Aldridge. They have no DeMarcus Cousins when healthy. No they Andy have nobody. Davis. They have no Anthony Davis. They have nobody tough beneath the rim. And it is infuriating to watch. Infuriating. Oh, it sucks. All right. Lastly, we're just going to touch on these quick wild card weekend predictions. Colts at Houston. Colts. Colts. Worst case scenario for the Patriots of the Colts win. Colts. Because you you want Houston. Do you know the way they're, pl- they're playing right now? Are you kidding me? They're not going to lose. They're hot. They're hot. I picked the Colts too. Uh, and I just, and Houston stinks in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chargers at Baltimore. This is a tough one. Chargers. Baltimore won a couple weeks ago. Chargers. I've got so much faith in Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. That Chargers. defense is a goddamn wagon. Chargers. Goddamn wagon. I give the edge to the experience. Philip Rivers. Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I would like to too, but I just can't do it. Um, which also means, right? Balt, if 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 my scenario plays out, Baltimore comes to Gillette Stadium, which is also worst case scenario for the freaking Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago versus the Eagles in Chicago. Chicago, absolutely. Yeah, Chicago, you know, it's not even you close. know my boys, Super Bowl NFC team, Chicago the Bears, Bears baby. Bad defense. Woo, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Nice job, Raiders. Woo! Nice job. Lastly, Seahawks at Dallas. Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going with the Seahawks because again, I have no faith in those bums. I have no, I know, I want nothing, but I want nothing but misery for Jerry Jones down in Dallas. Jerry World, uh, see, you guys I want, go, Jerry, I want Jerry Cowboys World to be on top fans, of the world, man. Cowboys fans, you guys stink. The Seahawks are an underrated team this season. They're a they're a second half team by far. They've battled the way to get in the postseason. I don't think that train stops. I think the Seahawks win. I will give massive credit to how fast Pete Carroll and the Seahawks org has turned around like this team. Right? Defensively they're pretty good and they don't have they have one person from the Legion to boom, right? And then you're basically a running team now. I think um Russell Wilson has like the least amount of pass attempts in the league as a quarterback. And so it's like they flipped the offense. I don't believe in them in this game because I think Dallas has also hit a stride second half of the year and I take Zeke Elliott all day. Game changer. I would take Zeke Elliott, too, because I like Zeke Elliott. But, again, it's the Dallas freaking Cowboys. Do you think they're going to win a round of the playoffs? I do, because Tony Romo's not their quarterback. <laughs> I do, because Tony Romo's not their quarterback. <laughs> yeah, they're a bunch of bums, though. This team stunk at the beginning of the season. I'm all Seahawks on so this did the, game. So did the Seahawks. Hold on. No, 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 yeah, no. So did the, the Seahawks. The Seahawks are a second-half team. They always have been. Okay, but what can't make the Co- Dak Prescott and the Cowboys a second-half team? They, this is the first year they've been fully healthy together. Because they have no, they've got no backbone. Just like the Celtics, they've got no backbone. Hold on, pause. They're why softy. don't why don't they're the Cowboys have a backbone? Pants. Why they're both young players? When have they proved that they have? When have they proved they haven't? And when they sucked at the beginning of the season. When have the Seahawks proved like, that they did this year? What like, have proved that the Seahawks team has backbone? It's not like the Cowboys because the Seahawks shouldn't be where they are right now. You said it. You said it best. This team, the way that they're built, they, this is not a playoff team. The, the but that's Seahawks a Russell right Wilson now. thing. They're, that's not a team thing. You think Russell Wilson's the only reason that they're there? Yeah, because if he wasn't their quarterback and they didn't have anybody at quarterback, the run game wouldn't be as good as they are. Well, obviously, yeah. You need a quarterback to be successful in the NFL. 
but but he's the reason why it's like Tom Brady and the, with the crap like this. Of course, year, he's the, the reason. Pa- if the Patriots had anybody but Tom Brady, they'd be shitting themselves right now at home. Of course, he's 36-35, barely beat the Giants. Twenty-seven twenty, barely beat the Buccaneers. They did. Oh, the Colts smoked them. Twenty-three to nothing. <laughs> Twenty-nine to twenty-three, they beat the Eagles. They did beat the Saints, but that was a Saints crap game. I'll give them that game. I will say this: don't game. sleep on the Colts to go to the Super Bowl. Don't sleep on the Colts. I'm with you. They lost to the Titans. They barely beat the Eagles again, only by one touchdown. Lost to the Redskins. Uh, shellacked the Jaguars. Lost to the Texans. Their wins aren't impressive, and the Seahawks have already beaten them once this year. Where was that game? I don't remember. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know either. I was really hoping you didn't ask me that question. Yeah, well, it makes a difference. Oh, it's in Seattle. Yeah, see, Seattle's really good at home because of that 12th man thing. The loud field. Oh, it's, the biggest, it's the biggest sham. That's the biggest sham. Dude, a Who lot of people have gone in there and said it's hard man. to play in Seattle. It's hard. It's not It's not an easy place to play. I think Seattle's a better team. I don't trust Dallas. Dallas, to me, is the Kansas City Chiefs of the NFC. Chiefs are going to win this year, though. No. I. I are you going to be shocked if they lose the divisional round? They're 2-4 and four against playoff teams. Well, no. I mean, the Patriots are 4-0 oh against divisional teams, uh, playoff teams. Playoff. I think they're going to the Super Bowl? No. I, no, <laughs> there's a chance. Absolutely there's not. A, I'm, like, I'm with Jonesy. Real... I'm with Adam Jones, man. Not a chance in hell are they going to the Super Bowl. There's they they shouldn't go to the Super Bowl. Absolutely not. They're the New England Patriots. That's the only thing that I have to say about that. They're the New England Patriots, and we've seen this. We've seen this offense. They click. They're weird this year. They play up to their. They play up to their opponent. Though they played down to their opponent. They lost all five of their losses came to teams that aren't in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They play down to their opponents. It's a weird season. That is the only thing I'm hanging my hat on as a Patriots fan is they haven't lost to playoff teams yet this year. Only thing. And they've and they've beaten they they're four and zero against playoff teams. Mm-hmm. And they haven't lost at home. So if they keep playing at home, then are you ready to wrap it up? Yeah, babe. That's a full Couch Guys Sports episode. We're going to call it episode ninety, even though this is the first time with we have the Couch Guys Sports podcast title. Couch Guy Sports Podcast presented by Couch Guy Sports. Guys, we have we are full of announcements. We have another announcement coming. Maybe with the addition of something coming soon. Mm-hmm. We have everything set up for it, guys. Mm-hmm. Get ready for it. This is the Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode 90, presented by Couch Guy Sports. We have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. We have a Facebook. Guys, we have social media. It's at Couch Guy Sports. Go like it, go follow it. And the podcast. Twitter account at Couch Guy Podcast. Easy. It's simple. Go to iTunes right now. Rate and subscribe us on iTunes. Helps us out big time, immensely. Thrive Fantasy, guys. Go click in the link at the bottom of our blogs. Sign up. It also helps Couch Guy Sports to do that. And go to the merch store and buy some Couch Guy merch. I'm not biased, but I am a little bit. The Couch Guy long sleeves are so fire, they make my face melt. The gray ones are nice. The gray, the gray ones are the gray ones are so nice. I have yet to meet a satisfied co- a customer with the gray sweatshirts. Unsatisfied. Gray, gray logs. Unsatisfied. Unsatisfied. I have yet. To, I have. I have yet to meet and somebody who's happy with the product. Who's unhappy with the product? Is happy with our product. Everybody hates our product. Everybody's miserable. Why would they buy it? Guys, guys, boys. Podcast episode ninety in the books. Guys, thanks for listening once again. Thank you to Adam Jones for coming on the show tonight. We'll talk to you next week.